0: Hey, everyone. I am super excited to announce a new online program, the Champion Sports Physical Therapy Mentorship. I've teamed up with Dan Pope and Dave Tilley to create this brand new 12-week mentorship program, and we're now opening it up to the very first cohort on June 10th. We hear all the time from people that they wish they had more mentoring and people they can learn from to help accelerate their careers. We're going to take you through all our foundations of sports physical therapy, including our clinical evaluation working with non-operative and post-operative patients, building return-to-sport programs, and even learning advanced-phase rehab and strength and conditioning principles for rehab professionals. In addition, we're going to have a bunch of case studies, a community, and live sessions to interact and ask us questions. We really can't wait. Check out the show notes to learn more and sign up today. The first cohort starts June 10th. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reinhold Show, we talk about why we're seeing so much from our acetabular impingement. We talk about some of the things that you should focus on as your foundation in physical therapy school, and we talk about using different types of walking to facilitate knee extension. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're up in Boston here at Champion PT and Performance. Mike Scuduto, Dan Pope, Lenny Macrina mixed it up today. Went that way for those people watching on the video, right? We're here answering all your great questions. You can head to MikeReynolds.com, click on that podcast link, and keep asking us more questions. We appreciate it. Anything on PT, sports performance, fitness, business-type stuff, anything. Dan's beard. I think we had... We had some questions on Dan's really? beard in the nice. queue. We actually did. That's I, think. So I think we might have on one in here. It's weird. It's a pretty oh, epic beard. It is. Thank, Thank
1: you, it's, it's, getting it's getting better. It's getting better. All right.
0: We got Drew Dudek from... Uh, <laughs> Dudek. Dudek. Say <laughs> your name for me. Drew Dudek. Dudek. That's what I said. Dudek. Dudek. That's a weird syllable. Dudek. <laughs> <Dudeck. laughs> Drew, <laughs> Drew Dudek. <laughs> from uh, Belmont University Drew is here with us asking us uh, some of these these great questions from you guys so Drew Dudek take it away alright so we got Luke from Starkville Mississippi as a new physical therapist I've had my first hip impingement patients what do you feel is the cause of this bony change
1: epidemic and have you seen great results with surgery
0: alright so kind of a new grad physical therapist starting to see some uh, FAI of the hip pretty daunting right I, I, you know I'm you're lucky where you are in your career though, right? We were calling those like groin strains mm-hmm. and spore ternias and, you know, we were chasing those for a while before we figured it out so, um, you're actually in a better spot than we are, so, uh, or than we were, you know, Lenny and I. It's so funny, the hip was like this unknown joint, like we just never did, like those, you either had a hip replacement or you just <laughs> had bursitis, right. you yeah. know? Yeah. It was an external hair. bursitis. It's, yeah. also. it's so weird yeah. how it's evolved over the it's past good. like 10 years. Just, just from arthroscopy, right? right? But, you yeah. know, this yeah. is what shoulders were like in the 80s you know but you can believe it took that long it took 30 years you know to start to get a scope and a hip you know and to get it in there so um you know so the question is is what why i think the question is why are we seeing so much fai now and uh it's definitely i'd start off and just say it's definitely like a sexy term right now so all hip pain is kind of being called fai but dan you do a ton of hips here at champion like
1: what like what are your thoughts why are we seeing why are we seeing fai more yeah, I think it's probably a lot more prevalent than we once thought, and we're probably just like you said, getting a little better at diagnosing and figure out what's happening. I think it depends a lot on the sport. So I see a lot just because we have so many people that are in a deep squat position. So see a lot of people have trouble with Olympic weightlifting and trouble with CrossFit, right? Um, in the sporting world, I think you're seeing it a ton too, or starting to realize that people are just developing these cam deformities uh, just like you would with changes in the shoulder for a youth thrower. So we're trying to figure out, you know, is this a good thing, a bad thing? You know, should we try to prevent this? Should we intervene, you know? Uh, The surgery, like you said, is is newer too. And like the stats show, it's going up and up and up and up. Um, In general, when I started my career, I didn't really see as much hip stuff. And then I befriended a couple hip surgeons. I've seen a lot of FII stuff recently from some of the local surgeons. And the results are actually pretty good. And I think they're, they're showing that the, the results are pretty good unless you have uh, more severe arthritis. It's not necessarily age dependent. So I think that the number is like two millimeters um, as far as joint space. If you're below that, then you're probably not gonna do so well. So I see some, some older people that have some decent joint space but some arthritis that tend to do pretty well from the surgery. Um, and I see some young individuals that are athletes that tend to do pretty well from the surgery too. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I answered everything in there. But yeah, no, I, 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 so an interesting thing
0: I thought you said was what what do you think the chances are that people had some underlying anatomical issues, whether it be from just their normal anatomy or the way they developed, or or maybe some pre, you know sports stuff they did as a kid? What what's the concept that maybe they had these and we've had this for a while, but now? more people are doing things like deep squats and olympic lifts as as we're getting into it so like maybe if you never did that it would have never bothered you is that you think that's a a potential so if you never deep squatted you'd never have any pain you have something with your your hips but then all of a sudden you decided to join a gym and, and start getting into olympic lifts and and your body
1: you know started fighting back a little bit i see it a ton, right? And I don't just see it as a physical therapist, but also as a, when I was coaching a lot. So one of the things that happens is when people go into a deep squat, they, they feel this tightness on the front of their hips and they think, oh, my hip flexors are tight. And just like you said, what you might be finding, you're just finding people with maybe like a bigger cam deformity or just a, some other sort of issue with the hip that they never knew they had before. And sometimes right. it becomes an issue just because they're trying to do that deep squat position. Right. So part of it is like, okay, if I have a cam deformity. Um, maybe my likelihood of developing arthritis is, is, you know, not too great from an absolute perspective, although it is greater from a relative perspective, but maybe I should avoid some of these provocative positions or at least think more about my stance and that type of thing when I'm training. I mean, that makes total sense to me. Right. And
0: I, and I feel like too, like how many people, we talk about this quite a bit, but how many people just go and squat and there's one way to squat. So either, you know, you're going to the gym yourself and you just, you YouTube like a how to squat video and I'm going to put my feet just like this. I'm going
1: to put my knees just like this. And then that doesn't work for their body. Yeah, I do it all the time. I just had an athlete the other day, and it's very interesting. If you take someone on their back and just do straight plane flexion and check the range of motion and then put them in a little bit of, like, horizontal abduction, a little external rotation, get them a little wider, a lot of times they have a ton more space. And a lot of times that's probably a a bony limitation. There was one study that was, I think it was some football players, but they showed a a very good correlation between internal rotation deficits and cam deformities. And I read some more after that that kind of conflicts, so it's, 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 yeah. Again, though, we're measuring it poorly, you know what
0: I mean? Like, it's so hard to get these studies because we're, yeah. we keep changing the way we measure things, and so, you know, it, it's tough in there. I mean, I, what do you think the, you know, kids right now, so I have kids, you know, I'm the only one with, with kids in youth sports, at least in this group right now, but the youth sports are crazy right now (laughs) crazy right now even what I'm trying to see at our level like I think we started playing t-ball in like third grade second third grade I tried to like Figure it out. Remember, A division little league was 10 to 12, right. right? And then we had, you know, B division, C division. You know, we had these like I was trying to figure it out. And man, like we're playing t ball now when we're four years old. <laughs> preschool draft. It's it's a preschool. <laughs> <it's,
1: laughs> Get
0: it, It's uh, it's it's crazy now, and we're seeing it with all these things. We're seeing sports <laughs> like like soccer in my town right now. Soccer they're playing in the spring and the fall, and it's the same team. So you have to play both seasons. You don't have a choice. It's like it just steamrolls it. Soccer even rented the softball fields so we couldn't play softball on not No, let's not get started in in town politics right now. But it's it's like all these crazy things in youth sports. The one that scares me the most, and I think this is going to be the interesting one, is hockey those kids are skating 10 months out of the year. And I don't think we've ever done that generationally. Like a generation ago, definitely didn't do it quite that much. They did it a lot, but two generations definitely did that. You know, with the lack of the three sport athlete and stuff like that. So man, hockey scares me. We talk about like baseball injuries all the time. Cause that's what we do here. How kids are hurting their arms throwing a baseball, skating 10 months out of the year. Oh boy. I'm worried about that. Lots of labral pathology, tons of camp. It's it's gonna it's gonna be an issue down the road, so so we'll see. But anyway, what's next? Drew. All right, we got Austin from Florida. Hello everybody. As a PTA going back to school for my D B T, what would you suggest I emphasize or make sure I have an extremely strong foundation on for best practice? PS Pope's beard is A one. There wow. it is. I knew, I knew it was Pope's beard right. is A one. I thought that was such a, a good, <laughs> <laughs> a good comment.
1: <laughs> like a steak sauce, like A one. Yeah,
0: A1, but that's why the steak sauce is named A one. A one's like, like yeah. top. That's like the best.
1: That's
0: yeah. Like I don't know where that came from. Yeah. Somebody tweet at us where that came from, but that definitely, like, there's something. <laughs> is that like a cattle thing? Like A one cattle? Something sounds like or something team. like that. But anyway, so I agree. Uh Dan's uh, beard is A1, but thank, um, you. thank you very much. But what was the question again? <laughs> oh, so PTA going back to school to be a PTA, what should they focus on? I'll make this simple, you guys can jump in on that. Uh, as a PTA, obviously the difference between a PTA and a PT is gonna be diagnostic. So chances are you're probably pretty good with some treatment or maybe even some manual therapy skills. Obviously, you gotta focus on that area for diagnostics, but that's the obvious answer, right? I think the biggest thing that we see students make mistakes with is that they're worried too, too much about the next step and they haven't mastered the basics. So, school is school for a reason. Oftentimes it's boring, oftentimes the stuff you cover is, is, is quite sophomoric, right? It's just, you feel like it's just very basic, but if you don't have that baseline, then you're totally skipping that and getting too advanced. What do you guys
1: think? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's really important. Uh, and this happened to me too. I, I want to get fancy, right? You want the fancy stuff. And then you realize over the course of time with more practice that you just go back to the basic stuff over and over again. You know, this goes back to, you know, an old question you guys feel on the podcast where you're talking about like baseball players, right? The baseball players, obviously there's a lot of moving parts to throw a baseball. So you think, oh, T-spine's super important, hip's super important. And then I watch you guys, right? Which is interesting because before I followed you guys a lot and I started working with you. and like, wow, you guys really focus a lot on the shoulder too. The shoulder is actually really, really important. And it's just getting really good at the basics of that. And yeah, you get, get into the hip, do the thoracic spine, but um, master the basics. And I also think it's going to be population specific. And this is tough now because you don't really know where you're going to be working. But if you have a special interest, one of the things that I've been doing that I think is helpful for me is that I go back and I try to read all the literature on the basic stuff that I see. Try to really optimize my own system for these people, as opposed to trying to get to the the new type of treatment before hammering, you know, the basic parts of pathology. See regularly. Yeah, no, I, I'll take
0: some, I'll take some blame, I guess, for that, right? So if you think of like people like us, all of us now that educate online, right? What we cover the basics quite a bit, right? And what we educate online, but then we'll do an article on how important the t spine is, right? But that doesn't mean that's like what we do all day. Like, no, no, no. no. There's like a huge. Shoulder there. Don't forget about the shoulder, right? Like, like you know, we don't just go right to the T spine because that's what one article was about. Let's get the ribs. You know, yeah. So like, there's, <laughs> you know, you got you got to master the basics. I'd say most students we're seeing are too worried about the fluff and they're not. They're, they don't have the basics. Diaphragmatic breathing. I think it's very important. Yeah. Well, even the kinetic chain, we talk (laughs) about this. I talk about this on my website all the time. I call it the ripple effect, right? You throw a rock in a pond, that ripple's really big close to the rock, but it gets smaller and smaller the further away it goes. If you stub your toe, I'm that may hurt your shoulder. People love to use that and that's an example of the stub toe and you injure your other shoulder. but man, like something a lot closer to the shoulder is going to be way more influential for that if that makes sense. So so stick to the basics right We got one more Drew Drew. deck. Rico from Stewart, Florida. Rico, do you use downhill walking on a treadmill as a way to improve knee extension? Right, I thought this was an interesting question. Do you use downhill walking on a treadmill to improve knee extension? A treadmill doesn't do that. That's actually a good point. How many, how many treadmills do downhill? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking you go backwards on an incline, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, you would be walking up a hill backwards, not downhill. Yeah. There are some that do go into the yeah, there position are. Yeah. for sure. Okay, all right. Okay,
1: yeah. fine. Yeah. I've, never, I've never done that. Okay. Retro walking, yeah. walking backwards.
0: Yeah, backwards, right? Yeah. We use rocking backwards quite a bit because you rock your center of gravity of your body backwards, and that facilitates an extension moment at the knee. I can see what he's trying to get at, and I almost feel, like like you're
1: not promoting as much extension as you want it's almost like a flexion type
0: i was that's what i was saying i was thinking you're promoting flexion am i wrong yeah Yeah, i think that's
1: flexion control seems like almost like going downstairs you know
0: it's eccentric flexion going downhill Yeah, it's not a concentric extension right so i guess to answer your question no um, we, I don't think we focus on that much but we're we're big fans of retro walking so retrograde backwards walking we do it over cones we do it on treadmills you know anywhere like just as a drill retro walking because it's a knee extension moment but i actually think downhill walking is a knee flexion moment so that's probably not right. going to facilitate it so. Um, good question though. You know, hopefully we clarified that, you know, uh, go from there, but awesome. Great. Another good episode, three good questions. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Again, head to Mike click on that podcast link, and you can ask us more questions and don't (laughs) forget to subscribe, rate, review iTunes, Spotify, whatever you use to listen to us. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to Mike slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question.